What's up, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, we had the honor and privilege of speaking with Daniel Thomas. Now, Daniel's only 25, but don't let his age fool you. He's been able to accomplish a lot over his short lifetime. And if you ask me, his biggest achievement of all is opening a gym and getting married in the same exact week. Don't ask me how he did it. Just listen and be sure to stay till the end because Anthony has a very, very special surprise for you all. With that being said, enjoy. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Mindset Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Daniel Thomas. He is the owner of his own gym, Dynamic Training, and Daniel is a certified personal trainer that works with all kinds of athletes to take them to the next level. His degree is in business, marketing, and finance. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys so much. Daniel, man, we're so excited to have you. There's, there's a little bit of jealousy in the air, like we were talking about before we got on is that you actually won the character combine um, competition and we were we were runner up for that so we, we we were right behind you there but we couldn't wait to get you on our podcast and just talk chop and and see all the great things you're doing hey thanks man yeah i was so uh i was so surprised at how many awesome people and how many connections that were made from that character combine bracket yeah. uh so super grateful to the character combine for them putting that together because it made huge connections and i'm super excited and blessed to be on this absolutely man and we we couldn't be more thankful as well to be part of that character combine family and now we can say that daniel thomas is part of the mindset family as well so we, we're so excited but um we have a couple warm-up questions uh before we get started and the first thing is just just looking at, at your resume right what everything that you've done you you've done some crazy some pretty extraordinary things some pretty crazy things but what is you know, to you, what is the craziest thing you have ever done in your lifetime? Um, I think the craziest thing that I've ever done is attempt to get married and open up mm. a facility in the same week. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was a newbie to both of those things, to be fair. It was my first time for both of those. Um, we've always rented space from other facilities. So to finally have our own gym our own training facility and then obviously my first time ever getting married i think uh you know the timing could have been a little bit better with that i was up all day every day stressed out on every platform you could think of um at the end of the day it all worked out and it was amazing but yeah that was the craziest most stressful week of my life so so daniel i, I mean that that's insane you opened your own business your own company the same week that you got married I mean, ju that just sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. I mean, and I don't know your wife, but she must be a, a saint if she was allowing you to do that and, and the honeymoon might have been delayed. I mean, walk us through that process. H how, how did you pull it off? <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, <clears throat> we had to move our wedding date due to COVID. Okay. Um, you know, all the different mm -hmm. regulations and things like that. So we had to adjust the wedding date. So it was kind of, um, it just happened to fall on the same week as opening up our gym and, you know, laying down turf, laying down flooring, it seems so easy in your head until you actually mm. have to do it. <laughs> and it is so difficult. Um, there's a reason those guys that are yeah. specialists, but me and uh, about four or five of my other coaches, we all came together and every night we worked on it. And, uh, I'm so lucky to have an awesome wife. That is a freaking rock star. She planned the whole, she did so. I was there to just support her and smile when it came to the wedding. She had everything nailed down and, uh, at the end of the day, I think it worked out for the best. So it was it was crazy, but it was awesome. What a story! Wow, that's incredible. And when when you have kids one day, Daniel, if, if you all want to, that that's a story for the books, man. That's history. Are you kidding me? He's gonna open up his second gym when he the same week he has kids. <laughs> that's that's gonna be the that's the trade off, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That would be awesome. That would be that would be a great you know just. That's it. Standard you you right got it. You got to keep it going, Daniel. You got to. And uh, all right. So the second warm up question <laughs> we have for you here is, and you know, this might be the make it or break it for you, Daniel. You know, if, if so, choose wisely because if you don't choose the right answer, we might have to cut the episode where it is right now. Uh, but what is your all time favorite sports team? So any sport. I know you're a big sports guy. You played high school, track, football. You're a big football guy. What's your favorite all time favorite sports team? Could be NFL, NBA, professional, or even collegiate at the college level. My favorite all-time sports team is going to have to be the San Francisco 49ers. Right there. Locking it in. Final answer. Okay. 
Um, I love all sports, and I have so many favorite players that I enjoy. I'm, I'm a big player fan. I like to watch certain players and follow them as they move around. But if I have to put my stamp on a team, it's the 49ers, 100%. Okay. Respect. All right. We okay. can take that. Okay, yeah. We, we can accept that. That's, yeah, that's respectable. Okay. I, I, I agree with you, though. I, I agree with you. I'm actually, I mean, we're down here in Miami, right? We're in 305, so we're big Heat fans mm-hmm. down here of, in the NBA. But I couldn't agree with you. I'm actually more of like a player fan than like a team fan, if I have to say, you know, if I have to be honest, right? I love, you know, individual players. I love the craft. Like, I love their work ethic. So it's hard to maybe like the team, but I, I, I fall in love with the players. So I couldn't agree with you more on that. Well, yeah, and in basketball, it's tough, too, because there's so many super teams. You yeah. know, these players mm-hmm. all join up on a team, and then that team rises to the top. So it's hard, you know. I mean, I am a Sacramento Kings fan. I don't talk about it very often because <laughs> there's not much to talk about. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I love my Kings. There's not a lot of players that I can say <laughs> have, uh, have, have kept my attention for the longest time. But uh, I was a big Isaiah Thomas nice. fan for a while. Nice. Um, watched his career even when he went to Celtics, so. Uh, Kings would be number okay. two, but yeah, there's definitely not as much uh, excitement to look, talk about. Look, listen, Daniel, as long as you didn't say the Patriots or the Jets or the Buffalo Bills, right, that are in the division with the Dolphins, or if you didn't say the Celtics that are that go against the Heat, okay. then we're good. We'll take the, the 49ers. I'll take that. So we're, we, you passed. You passed. We're good we're to good. go. <laughs> Perfect. And don't, yeah, don't keep worry. it on the low, We'll man. keep the keep Sacramento it. Kings thing on the low. We, we don't have to <laughs> – we'll keep that on the podcast. No one has to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right daniel man that, that was fun you know usually our guests struggle with those but you passed so congratulations now we're getting out to the meat of things which is the most exciting part um like you mentioned you know just a minute ago you were able to open a gym and get married in this the span of seven days which i think is miraculous so why don't you tell us a little bit about that tell us you know a little bit about yourself where do you come from your, what's your backstory? What's your X-Men origin story? Like all the great things you're doing. Just give our audience a little bit of context about who Daniel Thomas is. Man, so um, like like Anthony was saying, I've played multiple sports throughout my entire high school career. Um, I ended up playing college football. That's where I focused my attention as I became about a junior and senior in high school. Um, I played at Western Oregon University uh, next to some really, really great athletes. Uh, my man Tyrell Williams just signed a big contract with the Lions last week uh, and played his receiver out there. Uh, but, you know, so football to training to recovery, I was the general manager at U.S. Cryotherapy, which is um, a cold therapy center where you guys have probably seen the people coming out of the sub-zero uh, rooms and all the fog, the smoke comes out. It's a trip. But uh, so my whole life has been surrounded around sports, around training, around recovery and just the human body. Um, when I was graduating high school and trying to figure out as every young kid is, is, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Um, I knew I loved fitness. I love training. I love sports, but me being a rational thinker, um, me growing up with my grandpa, who was a a businessman, I thought, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I don't want to be a doctor. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of money in these other fields. So I decided to go to school for business and I focused in marketing and finance, um, and I just wanted to give myself an opportunity to have more of a broad, uh, you know, more options when it came to the workforce, you know. And the funny thing is, man, is life is going to work out the way life sure. is going to work out. God's got a plan for everybody. So I went to school, got my degree in business, and ended up coming back to the fitness world, coming back to my passions, mm-hmm. my dreams. Um, but I felt so much more equipped having the business sense, having the finance sense, having all these courses that kind of prepared me to actually run a business and to manage a business versus to just be a mm-hmm. trainer. I think a lot of gyms, a lot of training facilities have great trainers, but once the trainers become the business owners or become the managers is when they start to uh, decline and typically start to fail because not every trainer is equipped to be a business owner. It's completely different. Um, you know. And I just feel blessed that I was able to go down that path and it just ended up working out great for me. So, so Daniel, you know, one of the things that really stands out about who you are and what you do is you started, you opened up your gym, right? Dynamic training when you were 25 years old. I mean, you're 25 years old. You were going through a lot of different things. Of course, marriage is is a big thing that you were going through at that time. 
I don't know about you guys, but when, when growing up, people would always tell me, you know, just be patient. You got to get some experience first, you know, spend your twenties trying out different things, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then maybe when you're 30, you can kind of establish yourself, open up that business you want to open up. You, Daniel, you started, you opened up your gym at 25. Walk us through that, that mindset, right? That mindset that you had and what propelled you to do so. So there's been so many steps. Um, when I, when I graduated college, <clears throat> and I came back home um, and I started training athletes. It was just a passion. It was just something that I truly, truly enjoyed doing. It all started as a, hey, you know, we previous people that have come through my high school in the past that had known who I was that just asked me for help. Hey, will you help my kid? You know, will you help him become a little faster, a little bit better um, at football? And it was just, yeah, of course, no problem. In the beginning, I didn't even charge for it. I was, I had other jobs. So US cryotherapy, I'd worked at for seven years um, off and on. So that was kind of like my steady job where I worked with the recovery of all different types of athletes. And then it was on the side. People would say, hey, you know, we love we love what you're doing. Can you can you help my kid out? So, uh, yeah. So at one point I was at 25, 26 years old, the general manager of U.S. Cryotherapy. I was a, um, a fitness coach at Orange Theory Fitness at a couple different locations and on the side doing my side hustle of just training athletes and helping them become the best that they can be. So. Um, you know, at such a young age, I do truly believe that I was able to taste and try so many different things and kind of find where my niche was. And, um, you know, a big thing that I want to talk about with you guys being here on a, on a mindset podcast is, you know, you will always, what you love to do is so important, right? And I think a lot of times we choose money or we choose different directions over doing something we genuinely enjoy. And uh, one of my mentors, he told me, he said, Find something you love so much that you do it for free and then do it so well that people are willing to pay you for it. And uh, that's something that I really, really took to heart. And slowly, all these jobs that paid me way more slowly phased out. I stopped coaching at Orange Theory so I could continue doing more dynamic training. Mm. And then slowly, and then I phased out of giving up my right. general manager right. position, which was a salary job. So that was a really big leap of faith for me um, and a scary jump for me to, to give that up and say, you know what? I'm going to be a hundred percent into dynamic training because, and for me, it was a little bit easier being younger because I was like, Hey, I'm going to go all in on this. And guess what? If I fall on my face, I'm going to be 26, 27, 28 years old. I can still get up and jump into that corporate career. You know, those jobs will always be there. So, but being able to take a chance on your dreams when you don't already have kids, you know, when you don't already have these responsibilities and obligations, I think that people's mindset is so flipped. I think everyone wants to wait till they're older, but it's like if you do it when you're younger, you have a chance to bounce back and to continue to try different things. So, absolutely. I mean, Daniel, you 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 basically just summed up our mission right there in that that small statement that you just you just said. I mean, everything that we do since the beginning of when we started the Mindset Podcast is to encourage people you know, like yourself and, and people younger than us, right, that they have the opportunity to take take a chance on their dreams. And I just want to take a moment and applaud you for that, because it isn't easy, right? I'm, I'm sure you can attest and we're going to follow up with this in a second. Entrepreneurship isn't an easy task. People people have glamorized entrepreneurship and they have said all these great things and they think it, it comes with the money and the cars and the houses and all this fame. But it's not it's it's not so it's not so, you know, glamorous as people may think. And you're, you're obviously a testimony to that, and I, I continue to, to applaud you for that. And it's, it's just amazing to see young people being able to live out their dream and and be okay to take a risk. You know, you know, they want to step out of their comfort zone, and they really want to just see what the what life and the world has to offer them if they're able to take this risk. And you know, one of the questions I want to ask you is, in your experience, and obviously everyone's experience is different. But if you had a couple things to say about entrepreneurship, what what are the, some of the things that people have wrong? Like, what are some of the misconceptions that people may have about entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, I think the number one thing that it always makes me laugh because this this comes up every time I'm at you know a party with friends or uh, you know I'm getting together with somebody and people find out that I have my own business and they're like, oh, you're self-employed? How cool! I wish I could make my own hours. And I just laugh every time. Uh, because people think when you run your own business or you yep. for yourself, you make your own hours. And it's like, yes, you technically yeah. make your own hours. But what they don't understand is that we as self-employed people, you work so much more than the what people think you work. Um, and it's not all bad. There's good and bad parts to that. When you love something and you're passionate about it, there's no off switch. You know, 
there's no off and there's no on. People say when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? But at the same time, when you love what you do, you're always doing Absolutely. it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm yeah. always grinding. You know, there's weeks when I work seven days a week and people are like, don't you take a day off? And I'm like, I don't need the day off. I'm good. Like, I feel great, you know? Um, and, you know, and then for exactly. me, from a business standpoint, on top of that, you know, as far as trying to make money and trying to financially provide, um, yeah, you can set your own hours if you want to set your pay. But if you want to maximize, if you want to continue to reach new potential, new heights, you have to be open to continuing to take on more business. And, uh, you know, we're in the customer service business. At the end of the day, I'm here to help my athletes. I'm help, here to help my parents, um, you know, my people become the best they can be. And sometimes that might be on a Sunday at 8 a.m. Or a Saturday at 7 p.m., you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah you, you can decide whether or not you want to take a client or you want to work with somebody. But at the end of the day, if mm. you love what you do and you're in it for the people, you're going to grind mm. and you're, and you're going to work as much as you can. So Now, now Daniel, I mean, I, I see Gabe is excited. And so am I because everything you just said right there is, is music to our ears. And I'm sure you're going to help a lot of our listeners uh, with what you just said. But I'm curious, where... Where along the line, you know, throughout your life, where did you get this entrepreneurial entrepreneurial mindset from? Like, did you get it from somebody you know, your parents, or did it just come out of the blue? Like, where when was that turning point where you said, "Okay, this is what I want to do. I'm okay with doing this. Let's get it." When did that happen? Um, I well, from a young young age, my dad uh, always. I was blessed to have a dad that actually didn't push me to just be successful. He always pushed me to find out what you love. That's the one thing he always pushed me towards. Um, he just said, you know, what do you love to do? What do you want to do? What are you passionate about? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. And so as believers, we believe that, you know, we were called for a purpose. Um, but it's not always easy to find that purpose, you know, and life hits. And, you know, like I said, people chase money, people chase you know, cars, girls, whatever they're chasing. And at the end of the day, sometimes you forget about what you love and enjoy doing. Um, and so my dad was really big on just saying, Hey, go chase your dream, go chase your dream. Don't worry about the money, go chase your dream. And then my grandpa, who I spent a lot of time growing up with, he was almost the opposite. Not necessarily. He didn't want me to enjoy what I was doing, but he was just super money minded, very business sense. I mean, when I got to college and started taking my first fi my intro to finance class, I knew like everything just off my grandpa talking to me like on the couch when I was a little nice. kid. So he nice. was just super money motivated, nice. super finance. Um, and it was just a combo of the two. You know, I have this entrepreneurial mindset where like I want to make money. I like making money. Um, I like to grind. But then I also had the things that were instilled into me as a young boy from my dad and from my mom saying, Hey, go chase your dream. Hey, you've got a purpose for your life. What's your purpose? And, uh, you know, I just think that I was, I was, I had great people surrounding me and that set me up for success, honestly. Absolutely. No. And I think, I think that's so beneficial, right? Some people might undermine, you know, the, 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 the people in their lives that might, you know, steer them a certain way, but I have no doubt that your grandfather, you know, even though he might've been money minded and that's all he might've talked about, I'm sure you you were able to absorb so much and you were just able to learn so much from him that you were able to use that, like you mentioned, in your financial uh, you know intro class. That actually reminds me, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book. I'm sure you've heard about it or may even have read it, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which kind of reminds me about that same thing. Like your dad was very, okay, passion, like what's your passion? Go find your passion. And then your grandpa, like, okay, how are you going to make money? How are you going to provide? How are you going to put food on the table? And it kind of reminds me of that book a little bit because it's two, you know, it's two different dads with two different mindsets, but at the end of the day, you can still learn from both and you can still, you know, combine both mindsets to, to create something that is beneficial for you in the future. So I, I, I think that's amazing. But um, I feel like you already answered this question because uh, you definitely, you know, mentioned it before. But, you know, one of the questions we have here is, you know, do you find your passion or I mean, I feel like you already found your passion or, or your passion might have found you. But I guess some advice that you would give to, you know, maybe someone younger or 20 year, 20 year old Daniel Thomas that you might have been a little confused, didn't know what your passion was. Do you do you find your passion or do you think that you have to you know sit and wait for your passion to find you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you definitely uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you definitely go find your passion because if you don't try things, you're not going to know what you enjoy. Right. Um, and, and typically you're going to be passionate about the things that you genuinely love doing. Um, money, no money aside, right? Like if you, you ask somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, 
you ask somebody, hey, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do on a daily basis? That's probably what they're passionate about, right? Because what they enjoy doing, all money aside, time aside, and things like that. So um, I do believe that it, it is instilled yep. in you to a certain extent because it's something that you love and enjoy doing, but you might not know you love and enjoy it if you don't go out and taste and try things. So uh, my recommendation to anyone that's younger that's trying to figure it out is don't overthink it. I overthought it so much. I started thinking about it when I was like 16, 17, because my dad, like I said, was hitting me hard with it when I was young. Um, and I stressed out about it big time. And then as I got older and got older, it ended up being just something that I was doing the whole time. I just didn't know that that was able to count as a potential career, right? Because I thought it was fun and I enjoyed it. So for somebody young, I would say, hey, what do you like doing? You know, in the world of 2021, it's there's so many avenues and ways that you can monetize and make money that just what do you enjoy doing on a daily basis? And is there a way that we can allow that to be something that you can do for the rest of your life? And if you can make that happen, if you can figure that out, man, you're going to enjoy your life and be happy. Now, what what about you know that that person who loves playing the violin? They love it. They're great at it. That person, and I'm not shooting down any musicians, you can definitely, there's a lot of successful ones out there, but it's just hard to make money that way, at least the way I'm thinking. Like, if you say, okay, fo follow your passions, your passion is playing the violin and that's it, it's very hard to make money in that in that profession later on. So what, what would be your advice to that violinist? Would you say, great, play for fun, but now seriously look at something else? Or would you say, no, stick to playing the violin and, and figure it out? What would be your advice in that situation? Um, I definitely think you got to continue to try more and more things because I think we evolve as people um, and your, your interest and your things that you enjoy might change. I would never tell that person to give up that violin. If they really, truly enjoy playing, I would say continue to play it and continue to have it in uh, in your tool belt, you know, as like a side hustle, something that you enjoy doing. Okay. Um, utilize social media. Mm -hmm. Social mm -hmm. media is huge. You know, one viral video, all of a sudden your right. ocean spray is sponsoring you to right. play the violin, right. you know, crazy stuff like that. <laughs> Um, I genuinely thought that my long-term career was going to be at U.S. Cryotherapy. Um, still to this day, I absolutely love that place of business. Um, I got to see and meet so many high-profile athletes, and you know, um, I got to work on UFC fighters. I, we got to work on almost every NBA team um, initially when I first started working there. Um, you know, so I got to work with so many high level athletes. It was so much fun. Like for me, I'm an athlete, right? So being around when Kobe Bryant walks in the door, you're like, bro, I just won in life, you know? Um, so we got to meet, I got to work with some crazy people. I'm like, why would I ever want to give this job up? This job is amazing. Um, and so it's not necessarily your passion. You can be passionate about multiple things, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, I love training and I love training people. That's why I started coaching at Orange Theory. I was training adults. There was this energy, this vibe to it. I absolutely loved it. And then there was the training of the athletes that I absolutely loved. And for the longest time, dynamic training was my third focus for for years. Um, from me being 25, um, I, 24, 25, 26, dynamic training was the side hustle. It was like the last minute thing. I did one or two things on the weekends. And then it just slowly started taking over. And to now, it's my full-time job. I honestly never thought it would be my only job my full-time only job. I thought forever it would have to be like a side hustle or a part-time gig. So for somebody that's playing the violin, I say, keep doing it, keep doing your thing, but then continue to put, dip your fingers into other things, continue to try other things that you enjoy and you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, if violin, if that's the thing for you, if it's going to, if that's what is supposed to be for you, I think it will slowly continue to stay in your arsenal. Other jobs will fall off, but if that sticks around long enough and long enough and long enough, it's going to make something of itself. Now, Daniel, I have some a, a person in mind who really needs a good workout. So if you can help him working out, that would be Gabe right here. He's uh he's been he's been slow on the weights and the and the training. You know, ever since we stopped playing basketball like four years ago, that guy has never touched a weight in his life. So if you can <laughs> if you can help him out, get him back into fit. You know, on behalf of his girlfriend, he told she told me to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped. Yeah, we're gonna have to come, we're gonna have to have a conversation after this because uh, I mean since quarantine it's been a little difficult, you know. But um, he's he's exaggerating; it hasn't been that bad. I do need to I need to get my my gym membership back up and running again. But uh, 
but no man yeah all jokes aside it's it's you know i feel i'm a huge compo- uh, advocate for you know fitness and nutrition and like how that can you know, surplus your mindset right I, I i think you know everything is it has to be taken into account like your heart set your soul set your your you know your health set whatever whatever set right it's not only the mindset it's it's everything that needs to be put together in order to build that 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 mindset of of, of a successful person everyone obviously has a different definition of success and you know someone again might be going after the the the, the money the cars the girls whatever it may be and someone else might have a simpler definition of success i want to ask you daniel what is your definition definition of success well uh this is a perfect segue because one of the main reasons why i enjoyed um and you enjoyed your guys's podcast and the reason you guys stuck out to me in the first place is your name right the mindset podcast and uh a couple months ago we started doing on our youtube channel um the monday's mindset right and it's just a little something that we do and we break down john wooden's pyramid of success and so every week we talk about a building block and we try to make it super relatable um the videos are like three minutes long max and it's me my pops and some of the other coaches coming on and just breaking down these pyramid these building blocks but at the end of the day all these building blocks are supposed to reach the top which is overall success and uh even though these are more specific towards athletes i believe these the pyramid of success is super beneficial and can be utilized for workplaces for managers for bosses for owners um and things like that so john wooden's definition of success is something that i have adopted as what i truly believe success is and what john wooden's definition is he says it's peace of mind and knowing that you gave your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming so it's just success is knowing that you're giving it your all to become the best that you can become uh i think in a world of social media, we're all comparing. And, you know, even if we try not to, we compare our success to others. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, how's this podcast doing? How's this training facility doing? Um, we compare our success all the time. But at the end of the day, if we give our best and we continually strive to become our absolute best, then I believe that's the definition of success. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And something we were actually talking with a, a fellow podcaster of ours a couple of days ago was, you know, having that confidence right you know at the end of the day i mean and anthony and i come from you know athletes we were athletes in high school we played competitively for a long time and i'm sure as you did too you you can relate to this is that to me the biggest thing was when i was in high school my competitor was wearing a different jersey right and once i was done with high school once i was done with sports i still thought that other people were my my competition i thought i was competing against someone else Right. But once I realized and I, I put myself in the mentality of, okay, no one else is my competitor. I'm not competing against anyone else. My competition is the one I'm looking in the mirror. I'm competing against myself. If I can get 1% better today and 1% better tomorrow and, and, and do that consistently over a period of time, then I will be the best person I can become. Right. And I couldn't agree with you more with that, that, uh, that ideology, ideology of, of success is, you know, being putting the best effort towards something that you can ever put that's all you can do you can't you can't you know overexert yourself to a point you know where it's unhealthy and it's it's obviously what you're doing is is beyond successful for some people's measures but i couldn't agree more and, and something that anthony and i are trying to really convince and 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 i guess have our audience start to influence them is being able to identify what their competition is. Like you mentioned, social media is a huge, huge component of this. And don't get me wrong, I'm a marketing guy. Social media has so many beneficial tools to it. But in today's society, it's very, very difficult to hide from the competition or hide from that comparison that we, that we, we, we I guess, shell over is because we're always looking at the next greatest thing, right? We're looking at our friend that is on this boat with this beautiful, gorgeous girl with all these bottles or whatever, whatever it is that you might be, you know, struggling with. But at the end of the day, social media is just a highlight reel for everyone, right? Those people aren't going to post their lows. People aren't going to post their down days. People aren't going to be posting, you know, what they've been going through on a daily basis. Everyone wants to know the highlights of their life, right? So if you can just get into the mindset of, you know, being able to say, okay, I'm not competing against anyone else. I'm happy for that person. I am grateful for that person. I can't wait to see that person succeed. I feel like, 
you know, again, I'm a man of faith as well. I feel like you're going to have internal peace. You're going to have so much more, you know, uh, just tranquility in your life and, and gratitude overall, because you're not going to be wanting to, to beat that person. You're not going to be wanting yeah. to overcome that person. You're going to be wanting to applaud that person and, and, and cheer them on so you can see them succeed. And at the end of the day, that's going to benefit you, right? So for all you guys listening out there, you know, Daniel said it a million times. We're saying it a million times. You know, your competition isn't wearing a different jersey. You know, the competition is the one you're you're standing in front of, the person that you're looking in the mirror, right? And I just wanted to, you know, reiterate that because it basically goes back to what you said about, uh, you know, your definition of success. So I think that's huge. Yeah, man. I was just watching a video this morning, actually. I'm a big Gary Vee fan. Um, as I think a lot of young entrepreneurs probably are, but, uh, you know, he was just talking about, well, I don't know when he posted, but I just saw it today, a video where he was talking about work, the, the difficulties of not seeing people as competition, but uh, trying to help elevate others around you while you elevate, you know, um, he was talking about how people say it's lonely at the top, you know, and it doesn't have to be lonely at the top, but we have to be able to, like you said, get out of that mindset of thinking that the people around us or our competition are wearing different jerseys. You know, at the end of the day, it's something, it's not something that's easily done because I struggle with it. I have to continue to work to um, better myself and to not see others as competition, but to just stay in my lane and focus on me. But someone could do the exact same thing as you with the exact same name as you, but they're not you. And that's what makes you different. Right. And that's what separates you. So and that's why when people say it doesn't matter what your competition's doing, obviously there's certain things you have to look at, like you said, from a marketing standpoint, um, to to stay in the same realm as your competition. But on an internal level, on a personal yeah. level, it's like you are unique in your own way, the same way they're unique in your their own way. Uh, you know, you're not going to be a, a mob boss and take over the whole freaking world all by yourself. There's plenty of fish out there. There's enough for all of us to eat. So you know, it doesn't have to be lonely at the top. We can all get there together. Um, and so just trying to keep that mindset was, was a really great start to the day for me. You know, Gary V said something now that we're talking about Gary V, right? He said something that fits in perfectly with what we're talking about right now. He said, there's two ways to have the tallest building in town. I don't know, Daniel, if you're familiar, Gabe, if you heard what Gary V said about this, but he said, there's two different ways to have the tallest building in town. Either you tear down all the other buildings around you and bam, there you go. You're now the tallest building or you focus 100% on building your own building, adding more floors to it, add, adding a stronger foundation. And over time, you will have the tallest building. So it's, it's, it's exactly what we're saying. Which way are we going to decide to go with it? Are we going to decide to tear down everybody's building and we're by default the tallest one? Or are we going to focus on our structure of our foundation, the quality of the products going into that building to be the tallest building in town and obviously i think we can all agree that that is a better option and to also help those people around us to be successful because it is lonely at the top and it is great to make connections as we go on our journey to be at the very top but something i, I now i want to flip the coin same topic but i want to flip the coin a little bit i'm one of the people that have struggled with the balance of being my you know competing with myself each and every day because I'm just, my nature is I'm a very competitive person and I get that from playing sports. So if I'm, let's say, running for elections to be student government president at my next university, well, I'm going to compete like hell. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go at it hundred percent because I'm so competitive and I want to beat the other person. I want to beat my opponents. And that, that scenario applies to so many different things in life. So Daniel, can you help me with what's the right balance with, it's okay to be competitive, that nature of, of competition but also know that you yourself are your own competition. I feel like I'm not the only one struggling with this. So if you can maybe shed some light on that. No, man, I struggle with that too. I think that's a, that's a huge thing that I think most people struggle with, honestly. Uh, I think there's a select few that maybe can say that they don't struggle with that. But um, at the end of the day, like we talked about, the true definition of success is, is knowing that you're trying to strive to become the best you. And if you're so focused on your competition, you're not pushing to become your best you. Right. You're more focused on them than you are focused on you. Right. right. So, you know, for somebody in your scenario, of, of course, it's a real competition. You are trying to win, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, you saw me on the character combine competition. All of a sudden <laughs> I'm like, oh, everybody's going down, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, there we go. There we go. There we go. You know, competition is real. No, competition is real, man. And it's fun. Uh, and we all want to be the absolute best. 
but it's just checking ourselves to make sure that we're not compromising our integrity and who we are to to try to tear down other people. Like you said, if you just focus on you, um, you know, as a student body president, if you show everybody how great you are and you continue to work on yourself and make yourself greater and greater and greater, then you won't even have to worry about the competition because you're going to be so highly elevated um, in character and in integrity and the person that you are with your experience that, you know what, if somebody else does beat you for the job, then they deserved it. You know what I mean? Like if you're the best that you can possibly be and somebody still is able to surpass you, then guess what? Awesome for them. Great for them. But guess what? You're probably still better than 99% of other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's something that you always want to strive to continue to be better and just focus on you and becoming the best you because at the end of the day, you're going to have way more success than tearing other people down, especially in your field, man, because there's always going to be competition out there, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think what, what is so important too, and what I, what I started to realize, you know, later on in life is that there's, there's healthy competition and then there's also unhealthy competition, right? And, and you can put yourself in certain situations where you're, you're competing towards a goal or you're competing towards a task, which to be honest, is just unrealistic. It's too ambitious, right? And, and there comes, there comes a time where you need to be honest with yourself and, you know, definitely set goals, set achievements that you want to hit and, be able to hit those goals in in a timely you know period but i feel like a lot of people out there they they might not be too honest with themselves and i think that all comes back to self-awareness i know gary v is a huge advocate of that and so are we and just being self-aware with what you're doing where you are i know you know you mentioned that you thought you were going to be at your cryotherapy company for the rest of your life right and you know there there came a point where you're like okay i i might be better than this i think i can go on and, and venture out and, and start my own thing Right. If that if that turning point never would have would have occurred, you might still have been at that, you know, U.S. cryotherapy. And, and, you know, I'm sure you would have made a great career out of it, but you had that healthy competition with yourself. OK, let me let me balance these three businesses. Let me let me balance these three jobs. My side hustle, you know, Orange Theory, cryotherapy. Let me see what I can do. And you're competing against yourself. And that's healthy competition. And I mean, that's that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Right. Obviously, those are those people that they, they, they really just demand too much of themselves and people think, oh, you don't take a day off. You don't, you don't take a vacation. I heard Mark Cuban saying that he didn't take a vacation for like 10 years when he was starting his businesses, right? Obviously push comes to shove and your body, your mind just needs a break. And I think that's important for people to know, but I just wanted to touch on that. And I think it's a perfect segue for, for this next question that I have is, you know, a lot of people at home that they want to, they want to strive. They want to have that healthy competition with themselves. They want to see the, the next best version of themselves, but they might have, you know, their mom talking in their ear, oh, you're not good enough. You know, you, you can't, you can't achieve that. You didn't go to school for that. They might have their sister saying, you're not tall enough to play basketball. You know, people have all these, you know, it might be friends, it might be family, it might be parents, it might be siblings. But from your experience, if you've ever had, you know, someone talking negatively to you or you know, just had having noise, you know, in your in your circle. How do you overcome that noise to achieve the best level of success? It's funny, as you're asking me that question, I just hear Gary Vee in the background being like, F off, mom, you know, because that's how he is. And it just cracks me up. Um, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, yeah. it, but it is it is a very real thing. And I think it's something that I struggled with because when I was about to make that transition, I was really I was uh, deciding whether or not I was going to give up my salary position to go full time to the training business. And, you know, I kind of s- sought out the people that were mentors to me um, and close friends. And I think I sought out too many people personally. Um, there were, and there was one of my, one of my buddies and he probably doesn't even remember this. Right. And he's a professional boxer. He's an awesome guy. And I just remember talking about it and bringing it up. And he was like, you know, said something along the lines of, Hey man, you know, it's a cold, it's, it's a cold world out there. Don't give up, you know, don't give up that good paycheck, you know, to, to go do that. You know, you, that's, that's, that's tough. You might not make that, you know, and, and to him, he, it probably just breezed right off his back. He was just saying something in the wind. But to me, I was like, dang, that sucks. Like, you know, there's good people around you, close personal people around you that don't believe in you. You know, that's how I took it initially. Um, and you have to be able to take everything lightly when people praise you. People say, oh, man, you're the best. You're so good. You're going to do great things. You have to be able to take it lightly and not let your head and your ego explode. 
the same way that when people come into your, your life and tell you that you can't do it, you're probably not going to make it. There's a good chance you don't do it. Um, you have to be able to take that lightly and not let that drag you down, right? You have to know who you are on the inside and you have to protect your dream. Um, you have to protect your dream. If you go out and tell a thousand people about your dream, more than likely, most 99% of them are going to tell you, no, you're not going to make it. You can't do it. Um, that's just people have negative mindsets. People have had a lot of, of uh, defeat in their own personal lives. And if they haven't done something or they haven't achieved what they want to, they don't think you can either. So my biggest thing is, man, keep your dream tight. Hold on to it. Don't just tell everybody about your biggest dreams and goals because if they come at you with something negative it, and you're not in a good place internally, it could mess with your head. It could it could throw you off for a loop, you know? Um, so try to cut out those negative people in your life, yes. But the best way to cut out negative people is just keep your circle tight, man. Keep your circle tight. The people when you, If you have a dream, if you have something that's placed on your heart that you feel like is your purpose, keep it tight. And, and you know, if you have a mentor or you have a best friend, you have those people that you know support you and love you, um, you have that circle then you know you can share with that circle. But what I found out was sharing my dream with too many people leads to a lot of discouragement, leads to a lot of negative feedback, leads to a, mm, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, tough, a hard mindset. Mm. To, it's hard for me to keep a positive mindset where I'm like, I can do it. And everyone's like, no, you can't. No, I can do it. No, you can't. You know, So part of it is, like I said, cutting people out, the negative yeah. people. The other part is just keeping your circle tight and not sharing yeah. your dream with everybody. Yeah, that's powerful. And and before I, I add my my two cents here, I want to get an, an, if you can, if you can provide us with an example of everything you just said, how were you able to apply that when, for example, you were going to open up dynamic training, right? That's a, that's a ambitious goal you had at 25, probably started when you were younger, 23, 24 years old. It was an ambitious goal. How, did you keep the, Did you keep it tight? Who did you tell? Were you careful about telling different people? How was that process like? Yeah, you know, I like I said, I was I was lucky. I don't think very many people or most people are lucky enough to have um, parents like mine. I had a mom and dad that always pushed me to my dreams, man, always. So they was always a safe place for me. But I think most people don't not most a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that where their parents are a safe place. A lot of parents want to push their kids to, you know, the career, the money, the stability, the success because they want to seem successful, right? Um, so they want their kids to look good so that they look good. So I was blessed to have parents that didn't care about that, that were like, hey, if you're doing what you love, then we're happy. And, um, you know, I had a, a, my best friend and I, we, you know, we always talked on the phone about this dream, about the dream of dynamic training, uh, similar to how you guys came together for this podcast. You know, me and my really, really good friend, we came together to start the business. And, um, and at the end of the day, I think you just got to keep it tight, man. If I didn't have my parents, if my parents weren't, those people for me if the parents aren't that tight circle for you then maybe you don't go tell your parents that you're going to go quit your full-time job to you know to start your side business or if you do tell them and they and they don't support you then you know what you gotta you gotta you gotta turn the other way uh, i'm never going to be the person that says to go tell your parents to go f off because that's not how i am that's not my personal opinion on how to uh, respect parents but just because you respect somebody does not mm. mean you have to agree with them and uh you, you know Mm. that that's just that's just the honest truth and and that is so powerful and, and gabe and i we are fortunate and very blessed to have the parents we have because they support us fully 100 percent with everything that we do so i i we completely relate to what you're saying and the only thing i, I just wanted to add and, and i heard this a while back i think i was listening to a podcast i'm not sure if it was eric thomas or gary v but they said look when when someone tells when you tell someone your dreams your goals your aspirations and they say for example, I'll give you an example. If you if you tell your best friend, you tell him, hey, I want to go buy these uh, 10 investment properties next year. So I'm going to save up as much money now to buy those 10 investment properties. And that, and that friend tells you, nah, man, I don't think you can do that. Your response should be, nah, you don't think you can do that. So don't put your limitations on me, right? I'm going to continue going for that goal of getting those investment properties, but you may not think you can do that, right? That That's okay if you don't think that. But don't put your limitations on me because I'm going to keep going and doing what I need to do. Uh, so I just think it's super powerful, like you said, Daniel, to have that mindset, keep it close, you know, stay positive, listen to positive affirmation, especially if you're in an environment that's maybe not so positive, right? You have people talking in your ear, giving you doubt, making you dwell on your past mistakes. You know, it's very hard to get out of a situation like that if you depend on living with your parents. 
So my my you know advice would just be listen to positive stuff. You know, go go check out your you know I would tell that person go check out your mindset Monday videos, our mindset Monday videos, some positive energy to start the week. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add on there too because I've always been told you know to never tell your big dreams to small minded people, right? I've always I've always you know had all these big aspirations and I was always you know, so eager to tell my friends. And, you know, I think one time my dad told me, Hey, like some of those friends of yours, they might not think the same way as you, you know, my mom would always tell me also, you know, keep, keep your circle small, keep that, keep that friend group very tight. Like you mentioned, Daniel, because those are the people who are going to care about you. They're the ones who are going to understand you. They're the ones who are going to support you no matter what, even if they don't believe that, you know, it's, it's not attainable. They're going to tell you the truth. You know, you, the last thing you want also is to have yes men in your life just to agree with everything that you're going to do and give you false hope and give you false promises because the people that really love you and care for you, they're going to be brutally honest with you. And that's, you know, as, as, uh, as entrepreneurs or even, you know, if you're working nine to five, no matter what, the most important thing is to have those honest people with you so you can have realistic expectations with whatever project you're working on, whatever you're doing. But I think that's so important. And, you know, like you mentioned, for those people that do have, you know, negative family at home, negative parents, whatever it may be. Sometimes you just have to turn, you know, turn the cheek, right? You know, you kind of just have to look the other way. And I think I heard something recently also on a podcast that it said for some parents and, you know, obviously we love our parents. Like Anthony mentioned, we're very blessed to have supportive and loving parents, but also, you know, our parents were, were born and they, they lived in a different generation where they seeked that stability, where they, they may not have been able to to find that if they came from, you know, a different country or, you know, speaking a different language, they had to work for every dollar that they made. And sometimes, you know, getting that bumper sticker that it says my kid is an honor student on their car might be the one thing that they need to just satisfy that, that, that emptiness that they have so they can look good in front of all their friends at coffee. Right. And sometimes your parents aren't the ones that need to be satisfied. You're the one that needs to really find that satisfaction in whatever you're doing, whether it's playing violin, whether it's starting a gym, starting a podcast, whatever it is, you really just need to be going out there. And, you know, you're blessed as well, Daniel, to have those parents to say, you know, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you love doing, do it to the, you know, to the fullest. And we're going to love you for it, you know, because unfortunately not a lot of people have that. And I I really feel for those people and I really want them to be encouraged and, and still feel like there's hope for them and whatever they're doing that, you know, it's still attainable. Right. And, you know, I think that's applicable on, on any level, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether you're starting your business or not, you can be a nine to five employee, you know, living your dream. I don't believe everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. I believe that everyone can definitely benefit from that mindset that entrepreneurs have and, you know, that consistency, the discipline and just, you know, the overall lifestyle that we need to live um, in order to, to find that success. I feel like everyone will benefit from it one way or the other. But before we wrap up, we have one last question for you, Daniel, and that is, what is the mindset you want to leave our listeners with after listening to this episode today? So the mindset that I want everybody to, to, to truly think about is about achieving success, like we talked about, right? The definition of success of just trying to reach and become the best that you could possibly be. And uh, in, order to be, in order to reach that mindset, you got to start at the bottom. Um, like I mentioned previously, I'm a big, big believer in John Wooden's pyramid of success and his two cornerstones, which is hard work and enthusiasm. And I truly, truly believe anybody that's listening to this, that is a, that, that wants to be an entrepreneur or that wants to just chase their passion, and their dreams, you got to have these two things. You got to have the work ethic and you got to have the passion, right? And having, I think a lot of times people know that people know, oh yeah, you got to work hard. You got to like what you do. Sure. But what I want people to think about is you can't have one without the other. And too many of us have one without the other. We have the enthusiasm. We have the passion. We have the dream. We're excited, but we're not willing to put in the work. And if you have the dream, the passion, the excitement for something, and you're not willing to put in the day in and day out work to achieve it, then it just ends It ends up becoming un, unmatched potential, right? It becomes a dream. It just becomes a goal, something that seems unattainable because we're never working and pushing towards it. And then you flip it. If you're the hardest worker in the room and you grind 24-7 and you have that work ethic but you don't enjoy what you're doing, you don't love what you're doing, you're not passionate about it, you're going to be bored. It's going to become tedious. You're not going to enjoy what you're doing and you're going to burn out. 
Um, the reason that so many entrepreneurs show that they are successful down the road is because they don't burn out because they're able to grind so much more than someone else because they truly love what they're doing. Being an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you are going to automatically be successful, uh, but doing what you love means that you're able to put in more hours because you enjoy doing it and putting in all the time, putting in the hours is what's going to end up leading to you being financially successful, um, emotionally and spiritually, you know, made whole and reaching that, that ultimate peak of the pyramid, which is, you know, success. Daniel, man, you this this has been an incredible episode. I mean, you you I can tell you right now, and I can speak on behalf of Gabe and myself that you're an inspiration for just us two. And I'm sure everybody that's going to be listening to this is going to really be inspired by the great work you're doing. By just just the fact that Daniel, you're so young, you're a young guy, you have the rest of your life left to live, and you've accomplished so much already. You know, it it can be done. You know, if you can do it, anybody listening right now can do it as well. And you made it very clear; it's not easy. It's going to be hard. It may look easy, but it's definitely not. So this episode was by far, hands down, one of my favorite ones, one that I can relate to the most with you, Daniel. So again, thank you so much for taking your, your time to meet with us and, and record this episode. But before I let you go, Daniel, I want to ask you, where can our viewers find you on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, so I'm on so many social media platforms. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, uh, you can find me at, at @fitlifeofdt. And then on YouTube, it's Dynamic Training with DT. Okay, there you have it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with the one and only Daniel Thomas from Dynamic Training. This was such a fun and exciting episode for Gabe and I to record. So much wisdom, so much knowledge that Daniel has, and he is just getting started i am so excited to see what daniel's going to do in the next five to 20 years it's going to be insane again thank you daniel for joining us and sharing your wisdom with our listeners and if you haven't heard the mindset podcast is launching mindset merch this friday april 2nd at 12 a.m the website will be up and running for you to place your order our pre-order sales will be from april 2nd this friday all the way through april 9th the next Friday. So one week exactly to place your orders. With every order that you place, you get one free mindset keychain. One free mindset keychain if you order within this week. And of course, you will still be able to purchase any items from the mindset store after the 9th. But our pre-order sales will be one week, April 2nd through April 9th. So don't miss out. Make sure to place your order this Friday, April 2nd. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks.